2: Hello and welcome to Demand Gen Visionaries. This episode features an interview with Mandy McGuin, the CEO and founder of ModGirl Marketing, an award-winning social media consultancy, and Illuminetics, a LinkedIn training company. For over a decade, Mandy has been a pivotal figure in the digital marketing sector. She's been recognized as a top 24 B2B marketer by LinkedIn and also a top 10 marketer by Digital Marketer. On this episode, Mandy shares the importance of LinkedIn marketing and why most people are actually bad at it, along with important tips for creating a good LinkedIn presence that will get you results. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor.
0: Demand Gen Visionaries is brought to you by Qualified. Qualified is the pipeline generation platform for revenue teams that use Salesforce. You can intelligently grow your pipeline by understanding the signals buying intent and having real-time conversations right on your website. You can learn more at qualified.com.
2: So please enjoy this interview between Mandy McEwen, CEO and founder of Mod Girl Marketing and Luminetics, and your host, Ian Faison.
0: Welcome to Demand Gen Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios, and today I'm joined by a special guest. Mandy, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am doing great. I am super excited to chat with you today. Goodness gracious. We all need help with with our LinkedIn branding, with our marketing and every single, every single marketer these days and sales team need, needs help with that. So a super great. fun episode. I'm really excited. Let's get into it. How'd you get started in marketing?
1: Yeah, it was random. I, after college, Tried to get a real job like everyone else. I mean, I did. I didn't try. I successfully got a job and then realized I didn't like working for other people and I wanted to do my own thing. So I Googled how to make money online like everyone else and taught myself online marketing. I was an affiliate marketer for a while, SEO, blogging, et cetera, selling all sorts of things dog treats, fitness books, you know, 2007 era. Wild, wild west of black hat SEO before social media was even like a cool thing or even a thing that you needed. And then decided that uh, making money off of affiliate marketing wasn't really going to pay my bills and let me quit my job. So then I started offering small business owners help with their websites and SEO back in Kansas City, which is where I started my company originally. And then that grew into my agency, Mod Girl Marketing.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Mod Girl.
1: Mod Girl is a social media consultancy. So we have been in business since 2010. And so now what we do is we provide strategy and training for teams on uh, social media teams, short form video primarily. So TikTok strategy, Instagram, YouTube, and then obviously LinkedIn. And so that's the Mod Girl side of things. And then we have another brand, Luminetics, which is our LinkedIn training company. And so on that side of things, our main specialty is training Sales and marketing teams on how to maximize the power of LinkedIn to land predictable meetings month after month and obviously grow their personal brands and grow the company brands at the same time. So a lot of social media consulting and training all the way around, but it's one of our main folks.
0: Yeah, we'll get into a bunch of that today, but just off the top, how, how bad do you think people are at this? Because I, I kind of feel like we're pretty bad. Yeah, we're pretty bad at this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, most people are not because they don't know any better. You know, it's not their fault. It's not your fault. Like no one's ever really shown them why, A, like what? what's the point of spending my time and resources on having a good LinkedIn presence and profile, you know why is it important, what's the opportunity? And B, how the hell do you even do that in the first place? So it's, people are just not educated on it and it hasn't been a priority for so many companies. So it's like, well, I'm not surprised that that here we are with so many struggle buses on LinkedIn.
0: Totally, and especially with how many senior leaders at at companies that we're also managing who are even worse than than we are. Okay, let's, uh, let's get to our first segment, the trust tree. With the
2: knowledge you've been given, you are now on the inside of what I like to call the circle of trust. What, I thought we were in the trust tree with, in the nest, are we not? Where we
0: go and feel honest and trusted and share those deepest, darkest demand gen and marketing secrets. I'm curious, tell me a little bit more about the two customer bases that you serve?
1: Yeah. So Luminetics, primarily we are trying to get in front of, it really depends. So CMOs. So a lot of times the the budget comes from the marketing team, right? So we're training teams of SDRs and BDRs primarily with some marketers thrown in. And so it's mainly sales teams, but it's a demand gen initiative. And so a lot of times it's coming out of the marketing budget. So we are getting in front of CMOs, marketing directors, VPs of demand gen, et cetera. And then also sales leaders. So sales enablement, VP of sales, inside sales, et cetera. So those are like our main target focus, usually 10 or more salespeople on BTRs or SCRs. So we're looking at like medium, small, medium-sized tech companies, primarily. SaaS, a lot of SaaS, but it's really across the board. Any B2B company that has an active target market on LinkedIn is who we can help. But they need to have a team of, you know, usually at least 10 or so people to attend our customized training. And then on the mod girl side, it can really it's it's a bigger kind of market there. For example, we have a luxury real estate firm in addition to some B2B firms. So basically anyone who knows that they have a target audience on multiple social media channels, not just LinkedIn, and they want to capitalize on the power of short form video and they have the bandwidth to do it. They just don't know how exactly to do it. So they need strategic insights, help, coaching, and kind of guiding along the way in order to capitalize on the short form video, I would say movement, but it's really kind of the way that everything's going now is video in general, but those short form videos. So that's kind of the target market on the Mod Girl front.
0: How do you think about your marketing strategy to acquire those two groups of customers?
1: LinkedIn, obviously, right? Like LinkedIn's <laughs> our number one channel, clearly. And I've been blogging and doing what we're you and I are doing right now for years, right? So I have, you know, I'm guest on multiple podcasts. I'm guesting, and you know blogs and digital marketer and social media examiner, and I've spoke on stages and I have a lot of SEO juice too, from just putting out content for so long on, on my website and social media. So we get a lot of inbound traffic too, just coming from all sources, but obviously LinkedIn is, is our number one driver. And then also we do some email as well. So some email and some LinkedIn ads when we have promotion. So if I'm wanting to promote something, but the LinkedIn ads trick is I don't send people to a landing page or anything. I send them to my profile on LinkedIn. So we do LinkedIn ads from the company page, but then we, whatever, you know, we had a sales kickoff offer, for example. So I was promoting, this was late last year to speak at sales kickoffs, either virtually or in person. And so I had a video of me in Hawaii just like walking around talking about my offer. So we put the video on LinkedIn ads and we just sent people to my profile and we got super cheap cost per clicks. And so it was significantly cheaper than sending them to the landing page, for example, that we had for this offer. So when we do LinkedIn ads, we are strategic to make sure that it's, you know, we're getting the most bang for our buck and making sure that it's, you know, attracting attention and for the cheapest possible way. And then obviously driving people to my profile too. So we're doing stuff like that too. That's not like your traditional, you know, throw up a landing page and pump some ad dollars behind it.
0: All right, let's get to our next segment, the playbook.
1: This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is.
0: You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. This is where we're going to spend the majority of our time today, talking plays so you can open up that playbook, talk about the tactics that help you win, but not only just you, help your customers win too. Let's start first with LinkedIn because I think that it, it it's a it's a part that people are are messing up a lot. So why should LinkedIn be a core element of someone's strategy? And why the heck is this an uncuttable budget? Yes.
1: Solid question. So first of all, it's the only B2B social media network in the world primarily focused on B2B. It has, you know, loads of decision makers. Four out of five decision makers are on LinkedIn. It is where the C-suite is going to consume information. It's literally where people go to keep up with their industry trends and to network. So... If you are in B2B, your target market is on LinkedIn and it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, it was already growing, but then COVID hit and it just, you know, has taken off. So it's not going away and it's only getting bigger. So if you're not on LinkedIn and you're in B2B, you're missing out on a massive opportunity, not to mention it's so unique. in the fact that it's not like any other social media network, it literally is meant for networking where Instagram, you're just throwing up, you know, beautiful pictures and videos and reels you're not spending a ton of time actually building relationships on Instagram. That's not what it's for, right? Or LinkedIn, it is meant to build relationships. So it's the best place that you can possibly go to before you pick up the phone, before you email people to try to build that relationship ahead of time, engage with their content, et cetera. So that is why everyone needs to be there.
0: What are people doing wrong and how can they fix it?
1: Love this question. So First and foremost, the mo- the number one mistake that 99% of, of LinkedIn users are making is their profile. So, before you can do anything or, you know, achieve what you want to with a LinkedIn platform, your profile needs to be optimized and amazing. So, it shouldn't be a glorified resume. You shouldn't just put your job title in your headline. You need to make sure everything's optimized and it's almost almost acts like a mini sales page, like a mini landing page that pre-sales people ahead of time before they even talk to you and so that's mistake numero uno that the majority of people are making and it usually starts with a headline so instead of just putting your job title put the value that you provide to people and maybe something that makes you stand out from the crowd and not just look like everyone else especially salespeople. I'm like no one wants to talk to sales people so when i'm training sales teams yeah. i'm like don't put SDR or sales development rep, like you don't put that. And you can put it at the end if you want of your headline, but then you should never lead with the fact that you're a salesperson. Like you're helping people, you're providing value. Yeah. That's sales, but you you don't need to scream that right out of the gate. You know how many people are not going to accept you just because of that alone, because that's what all the people see is your face and your headline right away until they click on your profile. So that's mistake. Number one is the profile.
0: I don't feel like i need to do that because yeah, i'm a ceo of company and i definitely you know could do that and i've thought about it but the difference between that and like an sdr like you know if you're like a yes whatever chief marketing officer or vp of demand gen or whatever yeah, it is the
1: executive titles are a little bit different good point exactly. i'm glad you mentioned that yes
0: but like yeah. if you're an sdr yeah, exactly. And especially if you're doing like cold outreach or anything like that, it's it's just mm-hmm. really really
1: tough. So, that's that's key number 1. And then the second thing is they they think that content is more important than networking. That's mistake mm-hmm. number 2. And so they're so caught up or worried or concerned about what to post and posting and trying to get views and stressing over that, that they neglect to build relationships in the platform. So when I'm training teams, content is the last part of what I talk about always, right? Like you need to know how to optimize your profile how to actually talk to people to not be a weirdo on LinkedIn, right? Like how to actually get people to respond to you and then how to engage with people effectively to where you're actually getting responses and building relationships. Like you have to know all of that before you even attempt to start posting content consistently. And so, you know, engage with people ahead of time, leverage sales navigator. I'm a huge sales navigator fan I do a lot of sales navigator training. You can find people who are actively using LinkedIn. You know, you can use the spotlights feature, drill down on people who have posted on LinkedIn in the last 30 days Focus on them first. They're using LinkedIn, obviously. Find what they're posting about. Engage with them. Leave comments. Act like a real human being. Send them a custom yep. connection request. I mean, there's so many things that people just don't take the extra step to do. And then they get caught up on the, the details where, that really don't matter, or they're just spamming people. And so yep. instead of like building relationships and engaging, they're just blasting out a bunch of annoying messages that no one is going to accept, you know, because they look spammy or in mails, right? And so they're just not using it in the right capacity.
0: Yeah, I mean, I my LinkedIn. I don't know how many requests I get a day. Probably ten from people who write three paragraphs with yes. like five different links in there, and I'm like, yes. "Y'all are wild! Like Doesn't this work. is crazy! Wild. Like, know, stop this. <laughs> like stop doing oh, this! Like stop! Stop! Like yeah. like no, I'm not going to find time on your calendar because mm-hmm. you send me five links in it in a LinkedIn message, and it's just like." it's super presumptuous and weird. And like, I mean, I fundamentally believe that like cold outreach should be personalized. And I don't mean that in a buzzwordy way. I mean that like in a literal, like this exact type of person has, I believe that you have this sort of burning need. And we've done research on your company specifically that, that you fit into the categories of X, Y, Z. And like we do, that's how we do our cold outreach. But gosh, Spamming on LinkedIn stuff, it's just it's honestly. No, it's wild.
1: terrible. Yeah, I don't understand how that even works either. You know, it's like I mean, and that's the matter. thing, is it kind of gives everyone a bad taste in their mouth, a lot of people, because they're you know, I'm like, but the fact is when you do it right, you stand out because there's people that are half ass using it and there's people like that who are abusing it. And so when you actually do it right and you personalize something, even if it has nothing to do with business, like, do you know how many times I've landed clients just because of something personal that they posted or, you know, where they worked at or where they went to college, something like really random has nothing to do with business that I built relationships from just because it was a personal starting the conversation outreach message where they knew for a fact that I actually looked at their profile, you know? And so that alone, the majority of people just aren't taking the 30 seconds to go and look, to see what can I mention in this message or even after the fact to ask the right questions, just to your point of like, we've done our homework, right? Whether you're mentioning something about the company or you mentioned something about the individual, we, you need to know, they need to know that you've done your homework. The same goes for LinkedIn. The same goes for email, you know, phone, et cetera.
0: But you know, but that's okay. Like people, again, like that's it's, it's kind of a feature, not a bug at this point. Like you said, every every crappy, you know, spam piece that you get allows you to stand out that much better. Like we get all the time with our cold outreach, like, Hey, I normally don't respond, but like, this is awesome. And yes, we'd love to take (laughs) you up on that. Cause we what we offer a lot of people at Caspian is an an opportunity if they have a series to like audit it. Cause most people want like individual feedback on their stuff and, and people take you up on that because they're like, Hey, yeah, for sure. You're going to do something for free for us and we're going to do it. And it's we have a bunch of experts on our team that can actually, you know, do that. But anyways, to say like that's an opportunity for you to stand out. And like you said, that that's that's what you want to do.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we're sitting here talking about it and it seems pretty basic, right? Like you and I are talking about this, but the fact of the matter is there's not a lot of people doing what you're doing with your outreach and what I'm talking about doing on LinkedIn. It's like, it seems like, yeah, like that's what you need to do. But like, we're talking about it for a reason because there's just not that many people doing it, which is why I do what I do and training people, you know, it's it's almost shocking, but there are way more people that are just clicking, you know, as many as they can and doing the messages that you're getting, then there are taking the time to personalize it, you know? And so that's, that's a huge, you know, challenge a lot of companies are facing right now.
0: Yeah. So zooming out from a strategy perspective, how does this fit within, like we have a bunch of CMOs who, who manage SDR teams and outbound falls under them. So I'm curious, like, where does this fit within if you, if you're managing a team of SDRs, how should you be doing LinkedIn outreach? What should you have your SDRs be doing?
1: In the sequences, right? If you use Outreach, Sales Loft, whatever platform that you use, you know, everyone always, you know, we're either starting with email, a lot of times, phone, etc. And like LinkedIn's either used for research beforehand or LinkedIn's like down the road. So what I'm helping teams come in is like, let's re-shift this. Let's change everyone's mindset about LinkedIn. And the step number one should always be LinkedIn. Always, before you pick up the form, before you email, because then you can start to build that relationship ahead of time. So the step number one should actually be, you know, find people that are actively using it, engage with them, you know, engage with their content, like comment, and then come back, send a connection request. And then from there, whatever needs to be done, if you need to actually email them if they're not responding, whatever. I'm a big proponent, obviously still of leveraging email and phone clearly, but LinkedIn, when you start with LinkedIn, it makes everything so much easier because then you have a point of reference that you can bring up on the phone in the email. You can mention LinkedIn, you know? And so I'm like, LinkedIn shouldn't be an afterthought and you shouldn't just be using sales nav for research. It should be a major part of the outreach plan that y'all are having your SDRs run. You know, it need it should And most of them are just using sales navigator for research and that's it. You know, they're not actually looking at the posts that the prospects are posting. They're not paying attention to what the companies, the prospects, the companies are posting. You know, they're just doing the bare minimum. And so my thing is like, let's put a bigger emphasis on LinkedIn and let's have it in the beginning of the sequence and not just a, you know, a research part or, hey, if they didn't answer or didn't answer the email or pick up the phone, then we'll go to LinkedIn. I'm like, No, that should be in the very beginning.
0: Is it, you know, hey, you should like comment. 10 times before you send a cold email? Do you have like a number there or data? Or is it just sort of?
1: It's just, I I say like one to three posts, you know, it it all depends, you know, and it's like, it it depends on, you know, how you comment, what the post is, you know, if the person's active. I mean, sometimes it might just take one and you can do it that same day and they see your comment and they respond and then you instantly start the relationship. Other times it might take, you know, two to three. So there's no like magic rule, but there's definitely, definitely not 10, you know, like I would say a couple would be good if they're posting actively, but you don't want to be random and awkward and be like, oh, there's a or desperate from a post three months ago. You know, so you also have to like, if it's a recent post, then yeah, go for it within the last few weeks. But like, don't try to go back three months ago and be like, oh, this was so fascinating. Talk to me now. You know, so there's a fine line there. And then not everyone posts content, clearly. But yeah, that's that's kind of the, the rule of thumb is make sure it's recent. And I would say, you know, if you can do two, awesome. If you can do three, Cool.
0: I would almost disagree a little bit on the on the recency thing, and just from this standpoint, that because I have people hit me up all the time of like old podcast episodes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you go back and actually listen to something that I've created from like years before, yeah, and then you're like comment though. on that, It's a podcast. Like, yeah, my I agree. thing is 100. Yeah, let's just say the average like sea level executive. Has been on like 1.7 podcasts, and the average okay. like VP has like been on like 0. 0.8 or what something like that. Okay. Let's just say, or has spoken at conferences or whatever it is. And you could go find an episode where they've been on or some some piece of like thought leadership or whatever, and you go and post that to your LinkedIn like, Hey, I was listening. I was recently listening to an old episode of a podcast with Jane yes, Doe, I who's agree. now the CMO of XYZ, and yeah. like this quote I thought was really cool. Yeah. you know, whatever, like hashtag marketing, hashtag BB, totally. hashtag whatever. Like go do like that shows That's 50 gold. times more effort and initiative yes. than the other stuff. Like go the extra I
1: mile. I agree. And I guess what I'm talking about old posts is like, if they posted a company update four yeah. months ago, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But the podcast product launch, works, I've, but I've done that exactly what you said. Like I, and it was so simple. Like, Hey, I just listened to your podcast episode with first name, last name. I loved what you said about APC. Like that's it. Didn't say anything. Connect, start of the conversation. So that's an amazing way to get in front of people. And hardly anyone is doing that, you know, and it's everyone, literally 99% of people, if you send them a message and they know that you listened to a podcast episode of theirs, they're going to accept your connection request and they will yeah. most likely respond to you, you know?
0: So people at times say like, Oh my gosh, I had the most persistent, SDR and I finally booked a deal or I finally booked a call with them just because they were really funny and clever and creative and that's great but let's say you're like you know if you're if you're SDR team if like maybe you're I don't know worried that you don't have every single person has that skill set that sort of like it factor if y'all just get in and like their stuff especially if you go from LinkedIn to Twitter where the vast majority of these people, if they are posting, have like no followers or likes. Like there's so many senior level executives that have whatever, 300 followers and their posts Mm -hmm. get like five or six likes. Just like get in there and start hitting that like button. You know what I mean? Like at least that adds value to them. Like get their their cloud up a little bit. Whereas the opposite is like, oh, I'm just going to keep spam emailing you or like even worse phone call. Like I personally, I'm like, I, th- I think we should never call anyone personally. That's just my, how I view things. And I'm totally okay with people doing how things that they want. But I'm like, at least that adds value. Like get those likes up. Totally, You know what I mean? And yeah. comments, now the way that comments work now that with LinkedIn's algorithm, like comments help resurface it to new people. 100%. So yeah. like, at least you're adding value there.
1: Well, I tell people you should be commenting at least five times a day meaningful comments, you know, especially on your prospects. Cause yeah, LinkedIn's rewarding commenting. And I'm a fan only of when you use the phone, when you have something to talk, like mention like, Hey, I love, I saw your tweet, saw your LinkedIn post, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. not just randomly like that's how I like using the phone, but I, I agree with you completely because they aren't they they are going to notice when you like their tweet when two other people did you know and we this is what my SDRs are doing and they ju- we just got a message today with one of my SDRs i noticed you've been liking a lot of our company posts like <laughs> smart you know wink to her and then started the dialogue with her and we have That's a conversation cool. you know so this stuff works you know it's just people don't take the time to do it
0: and especially if you're using You know, a tool like Qualified, our amazing sponsor, Qualified Signals, you know when they're hitting the website, you know when they're engaging with stuff, like things like that where, you know, you have even more things at your your fingertips here to be like, I know this person has, you know, done all these different engagements, they've come to the website, I know what pages they're going to, I know all this stuff. You know all this stuff about the person, if you Mm -hmm. get in front of them in meaningful ways, that the next time they come to that site, if you, you know, can figure out a way to drive them back to the site, like, hey, they're back on the site. And now you can go engage with them.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I love that. Yeah, the 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 marketing tech stack with the intent based data and everything, when you mix these tools that we're talking about, it's pure gold. So I'm glad you mentioned that too.
0: Okay. Any other pieces on sort of like the the strategy part of like if you if you are a marketer that's managing an SDR team of sort of like do's and don'ts.
1: Yeah. So everything I talked about, obviously, which they need to be trained on, but when it comes to the marketing side, also with the content, you just need to give your, your you need to have enough content on the company page being posted like multiple times a week, every single day would be awesome. So that it's enough content for not just content in general, but good content, right? With the different pillars, you know, they got the educational the value, mm-hmm. the customer, you know, behind the, behind the scenes, the, the culture, everything, all of it a great content strategy, but you need that for your sales team because they need to be posting content. And the easiest way for them to post content is to share the company content with their own, you know, thoughts, whatever, two cents that that's the easiest way for them to share it. And, or, you know make sure that you have great case studies and videos and blogs if you could give them a, rep- a repository of not only can you share this company content but here's access to this content that you're free to share at any time on your LinkedIn profile so just make it so easy for your sales team or a tool i mean there's plenty of you know tool employee advocacy tools that do this as well like Hootsuite has a version for enterprise where they could come in and, you know, do all sorts of things and post schedule posts out, you know, LinkedIn lets you schedule posts. So it's, there's so many ways that marketing teams can empower their sales teams better with content, you know, by making sure they have good content to post.
0: I'd love to zoom in on this a little bit. And I'm curious what you've seen with Luminetics and the types of companies that you're working with, like what is the best types of content that that those sales teams are sharing
1: anything that is, you know, I, I say this all the time, but it's like humanizing the brand. Right. So anything like mm. case studies, anything that can like show the actual people that they're helping, you know, if they're on video, video testimonials, case studies, and then also the, the team members. Right. So what really works and this is for any company, but it's like when you have everyone together or you have an event or you're at the office behind the scenes, whatever it is, but when you can, take your people and spotlight them, right? Which is kind of like where the name came from anyway, Luminetics. That's where, you know, we're shining a spotlight on people, bringing light to your your people. And that's what works well, but it's a it, different types of video. Video makes a lot of people stand out. So a, a lot of SDRs that we work with are, they're demoing even their videos. So they're doing like Loom videos themselves Ooh. and they're like demoing their platform real quick, you know, and they'll post that on LinkedIn or like, here's how to do this with our platform. And then like little bite-sized videos, which is amazing. And so those are working really well. And so it's a, it really is like a lot of kind of new video and like people, like put people in there, you know? And of course, like how-tos, but a lot of marketing companies, they're not as great as, as the LinkedIn influencers with those catchy text-only yeah. valuable yep. posts. There's, it's just not the same, you know? It's really I hard. I mean, there's... And- it, it is no, no. We
0: we, we definitely we're over-indexed on that stuff because you just don't know the craft that goes into it, right? Uh-huh. And you don't know the following, and you don't know all that stuff. So uh-huh. you see those, and you're like, yeah, I could crank those out. And you're like, yeah, but it's a numbers game. There's a bunch of stuff going on there. There has yep. to be personal anecdotes, people they've already yes. done, like like you take your LinkedIn for example, where you, like you have a massive following that you spend years and years and years and years and years building up. So it's like the SDR mm-hmm. with like 230 connections, like yeah. Them posting it's not the same,
1: and that's why I'm like, I, you, we can't expect them to do that. Any you know what I mean? We can't expect an SDR to even want to be like that level on LinkedIn, and that's why, like, I'm all about content curation. Like, Let's curate the content the company already has instead of trying to turn you into the next LinkedIn influencer. Like, that's cool if you want to make your own content, like, go for it, but you don't have to if you don't want to, you know? And like, let's make it super easy for you all to post content on LinkedIn consistently that it literally only takes you like five minutes a day to do because your company already has all this amazing content and they're making it really easy for you to share.
0: So we do this a ton with our customers because we're creating video series for them. And so what a bunch of the sales folks love is when we give like a get, like you're going to get, like when you get a video after this and you post it on social and then Mm -hmm. the sales reps can go, you know, like, comment and share That post from that person that you really get a great engagement there because this person has had multiple touches throughout the process of like coming on the show and the prep call and interview and then you know their PR team is going to share your PR team is going to share it it's going to share from the main accounts there you know and then you get that extra sales touch where they get to you know comment on it share from their account like oh this was my favorite quote from the episode and then when they reach out back and just like hey I loved. Seeing you on this, this part was really cool. Like, by the way, I know that you know you're not ready to buy yet because you said April, but just like wanted to say, like, you know, I miss you or something. I don't know. No, I'm glad you
1: mentioned that too because LinkedIn Lives and like the type of thing that you're talking about, like anytime that you're collaborating, podcasts, LinkedIn Live, anything like that, where you can bring people in that for from the industry and do exactly what you said is obviously working incredibly well on LinkedIn for companies right now.
0: Yeah, when we had Melissa Rosenthal, who's the chief creative officer at ClickUp on here, she was saying that she made a she brought a great stat that LinkedIn restricts traffic so that it's 80% user generated. And so using this model of making your executives and the people on not even just your executives, but the people on your team a core part of your own strategy is so important and if you think about how SDRs play into that it's like let's say you're selling to developers and your head of engineering is someone that you've been like creating a bunch of content for if your SDRs are sharing you know her content and you're selling to that demo that is who they actually want to hear from right uh-huh. like so if you're amplifying and 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 doing that piece you're going to see really really good results and like again you need sharp sdrs that sort of understand how this all fits together and the content like co-creating content with your customers and prospects is one piece of this C- using your own employees as as sort of influencers for lack of a better term is another piece of this and then their efforts is the final piece of this that has to be you know all fit within that and then you get so many touches within a period of time and like that's yeah really really account based and really exciting.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: A- any other stuff that that SDR teams could could do better or SDRs could do better?
1: I would just say an emphasis on sales navigator understanding how to maximize it cuz hardly anyone is using it the way it should be used. They're mainly using it, you know, bare minimum. Like they're not building out detailed lists, they're not using the you know, alerts function to every single day, log in and see like what's been happening. And and Sales Navigator is amazing because you can curate your entire feed and you can do everything from that main dashboard. You don't even need LinkedIn.com or LinkedIn.com. You're like sorting through God knows what. Sometimes you're like, what am I looking at? You know, where on Sales Navigator, you're only going to see stuff from people and companies on your lists. And then you can instantly go through, okay, this prospect I'm working on, he posted today, go like comment next, you know, just go down the list right then and there. And it just saves so much time, but you have to you have to do it. You have to build out these strategic lists. You have to be paying attention. But most SDRs are just not capitalizing the power of Sales Navigator at all. They're barely even scratching the surface.
0: You're so right. And you just motivated me. Gosh, you're so <laughs> right. Because I never log into Sales Nav. I never yeah. do it. And I should. It's so silly. Yeah, that's a great point. It really is a great point. It's such a huge... I mean, part of the problem with SDRs is they just don't have enough focus and that's not always their fault. But Mm -hmm. part of the thing that SalesNav does is it focuses you. You're so right. Wow. Great point.
1: Yeah. Get after it.
0: Okay. Anything else on LinkedIn? I know we covered a ton of ground there.
1: Yeah. I think that was a lot. I mean, you know I could talk about this stuff all day long, but I think... I think those are the good points that are or the important points that people needed. To- yeah.
0: Well, it's super cool. And, uh, and obviously we'll, we'll continue to follow along on, on Luminetics and that piece, switching gears just a little bit towards, uh, towards some of the other lessons from, from mod girl marketing and some of the things that, that you've done there that are slightly, you know, not, not, not quite as tailor focused just to LinkedIn. Any things that you're seeing from your perspective that are like best in class, uncuttable budget items where people are seeing high ROI.
1: I would also say like the the strategic content. And I'm not talking about the we're going to share white papers, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. about like good content cuz I feel like we're in a day and age now where people expect that, you know, from companies. And if you have a marketing team, then you need to be, you know, putting an emphasis on. It doesn't have to be all the time, but like you need some decent you know, videos, for example, like you have to keep up with what's happening right now, you know, and with the advancement of AI, I mean, it's only getting crazier. And so if you're not, you know, putting an emphasis on good quality content that stands out from the crowd, that's, that's a problem. And so I think that's an, it's uncuttable, but it's also something that companies need to work on, because it's just not, Good right now. It's like actually they need to cut what they're doing now and completely redo their content strategy. If I'm being honest, you know they actually yeah. need to stop completely what they're doing now and start over and maybe even do way less than they're doing now to make it really good because what they're putting out now is just junk that no one cares about.
0: I mean, what you said earlier and you you wrote a great blog post on this on mudgrowmarketing.com about in your in your top B2B marketing trends for 2023 and the number one thing is humanize your B2B marketing. You know, chat GPT okay. can never do is humanize your marketing exactly. because they're not exactly. making videos of your customers' faces and publishing yep. them, right? And like you could write an article on that. And again, that's not to say that chat GPT and other type of AI things are not insanely powerful and interesting okay. and all that sort of stuff. But the idea is like, they're not cranking out, out videos that humanize yeah. your brand.
1: Exactly, It ain't happening. Exactly. So lo- the long form like co- blog post content with no videos and no, you know, humanized images, like... AI can do that now, you know? Like yeah. it's not going to stand out. And so yeah, you have to humanize your content in ways that it actually is resonating with people, you know?
0: Yeah, and then the authenticity piece is really important, you know, which you you also yes. put a, put in your blog. And I think that the hard thing that people have an issue with is humanizing and authenticity. To do those consistently and repeatable is really hard for people a lot mm-hmm. of times. It's like how do mm-hmm. we maintain this authentic Cadence when you have to keep the cadence consistent, and that's that can be really hard.
1: Yeah, well, especially for people that have been doing it this old school way for so long, you know, it's like they've been ingrained that this is how you do it, right? Like this is how you post content on social media, and things are changing at a rapid pace, and so that's, it's almost like they have to not relearn it, but they have to start thinking differently, and so it is hard for them. But it it all comes back to leadership, and like what kind of leaders do you have in your organization that are pushing authenticity and company culture and, you know, the values and, and all those things. And if it's not a priority, then like you can't expect your marketing team to prioritize it in your content, you know?
0: Any sort of like, I don't know, case study or results or, or anything like that, that that you've seen over the past couple of years with companies that have been able to do this really well and and stuff. You I know you can't share everything, but anything you want to share there?
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, when companies are doing this consistently, like the, the companies we're working with, they're, you know, exceeding, you know, 120% plus quota quarter after quarter from their SDR teams and marketing, you know, all is one and they're just, it's, it works. Right. But the thing is, is marketing and sales have to be aligned also, you know? So Mm -hmm. like there's great there's great case studies, but these are from companies where they the sales and marketing teams were working together. If it's disjointed and one's doing something and there isn't, or they don't all agree on it and they're not working together, those numbers aren't the same, you know. But then this stuff does work and it does take time. But if you get everyone on the same page and leadership is driving those initiatives and they're they believe in it, and everyone is, you know, ready to to take take action and actually stick with the plan. It works every single time. You will notice numbers consistently go up, conversion rates, everything, lower cost per click, cost per acquisition, all those things. But it's it's a consistency piece, and it is it's it's harder to do than what I'm saying that it is. You know, especially for teams that have been again doing things their own way for so long to kind of shift. And so, it's almost easier for newer companies, to be honest, or companies that hired a bunch of new people, you know, starting maybe from scratch, than it is people that have had teams that have been there for 25 plus years you know yeah marketing team has been there for 20 years and sales people that are 20 year plus veterans it's going to be a hell of a lot harder to do that versus you know newer people so but yeah i mean it, it is very powerful when done right
0: let's get to our next segment the dust up uh-oh here comes trouble
1: you may a dust-up involving yours truly. And now we've got a wild
2: scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. And it is getting really ugly as we've got punches and kicks.
0: Where we talk about healthy tension, whether that's with your board, your sales teams, your competitor, or anyone else, do you have a memorable dust-up in your career?
1: The most memorable in the very beginning, it's always the most memorable in the beginning, and why I got a business insurance, is I had a competitor mad at me because I took his copywriter, which is a freelancer. So he tried to sue me and wrote a letter from an attorney, like threatening to sue me because I used his copywriter, like something so silly. And that's when I learned about business insurance and (laughs) attorneys (laughs) and all the things. So yeah, that was, that was the most memorable, I would say, only because it was in the beginning stages where I didn't really know what it was like to be a business owner. And I was like, Oh, okay. Noted.
0: All right, let's get to our final segment. Quick hits. These are quick questions and quick answers. Just like how quickly qualified helps people generate pipeline faster, you can go to qualified.com to learn more. How you can tap into your greatest asset, your website to identify your most valuable visitors and instantly start sales conversations quick and easy, just like these questions. Go to qualified.com to learn more. Mandy, are you ready? Let's do it. Number one, what is a hidden talent or skill that's not on your resume?
1: I can create really yummy food from like the most random things. So I'm pr- I'm pretty good cook. And if you have some random stuff in the kitchen, I can whip up something pretty tasty, even though you might think it's weird. I would say I that's, it, that's that a good, it's good one. <laughs> Lunchtime right now.
0: What about a favorite book or podcast or TV show or something that you you've enjoyed recently?
1: Yes. My friend, Richie Norton, his book Anti-Time Management was a game changer and amazing. It's basically about how to reclaim your time and completely turning old school time management mindset on its head and kind of flipping it around to prioritize what's important in your life. So highly, highly recommend it. Anti-time management.
0: Do you have a favorite non-marketing hobby that maybe makes you indirectly a better marketer?
1: I just like to be outdoors a lot, so I'm constantly outside. That's why I'm in in Portugal right now, in Algarve, in Southern Portugal, because it's beautiful. So anytime, I live in Hawaii part-time, so I'm just constantly hiking, exploring, walking around, and it does make me a better marketer because I get a lot of good ideas when I'm not on a device and I'm able to be outside in the beautiful sunlight. And so that's, you know, I would say that helps.
0: What would your best advice for a CMO or marketing leader be on how to figure out their LinkedIn strategy?
1: Best advice, empower your people. That's my best advice. So get everyone on the same page. First of all, you can't just do it, you know, say this is what's going to happen. Like it's, it's a team effort. So everyone needs to get on the same page. You need to empower them and encourage them and give them the proper training and tools and resources to do that. But you have to get all customer facing team members involved and have meetings ahead of time before even attempting these initiatives. So everyone knows the importance of it, why they're doing it. And you're almost pre-selling your internal team ahead of time on why it's important. Then you give them the resources to actually do it. So you have to set them up for success too. So there's a lot of steps that need to be taken before anything is even actually done on the LinkedIn platform. I love it.
0: Mandy, anything we missed? Any, uh, any, any stuff that we didn't get a chance to talk about?
1: No, I think, I think we covered a lot. Yeah. We, we, did, we did,
0: indeed. Well, for our listeners, you can go to modgirlmarketing.com to learn more about Mod Girl, and, and you can go to luminetics.io as well. And we'll link those up in the show notes. Manny, it's been awesome having you on the show. Any final thoughts? Anything to plug?
1: Thanks so much for having me. I would just say anyone listening, I'm more than happy to connect with you on LinkedIn. So send me a connection request and mention that you heard me here. And if there's anything to do to help you with your LinkedIn presence, let me know and I'm happy to help.
0: Sounds great. Thanks again. Take care.
2: The Gen Visionaries is brought to you by our friends at Qualified.com, a conversational marketing company that's on a mission to transform the way B2B companies sell. Go to Qualified.com to learn more.